Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. Today we have a beautiful skull edition of our podcast to cover a good week three win over a division rival Detroit Lions. And we will preview the Vikings going to London and taking on the New Orleans Saints and what we think the keys of the game are and their chances of starting the season three and one in the Kevin O'Connell era. That'll be in this episode of the Hisner's podcast, Skull Edition. Alrighty, Paige, we are uh, slated for an early kickoff. Uh, if you live where we live, or even if you live on the Pacific Coast, 7.30 a.m. kickoff for us, 6.30 for those on the Pacific uh, time zone, 9.30 Eastern. Uh, a game against the Saints where we are considered the road team, which I think is a massive win for the Vikings already because we don't have to play New Orleans. Pretty awesome that we don't have to do that. The Vikings open as minus two and a half point favorites. So taking away in a neutral site, they think they're about a field goal better than the Saints. Uh, obviously the Saints... Had a great emotional comeback win against the Falcons in week one, but have since faltered in the last couple of weeks, mainly on the offensive side of the football against the Tampa Bay Bucks. They lost 20 to 10, but really it was 20 to three until they got a late garbage time touchdown. And much like in the Panthers game, they made it a game at the end, but they didn't score their first points until all until the fourth quarter came around actually and lost 22 to 14 to the Carolina Panthers. So, they get out of the division. They travel to London. What do you think? Let me backtrack a little bit before we jump right into that game. What did you think for the Vikings of the win that they had over the Detroit Lions at home? A game they trailed most of the time, and they also trailed by double digits at two separate times, 14 to nothing, 24 to 14. What did you take away from that win that they ended up coming back and taking the lead with 40 seconds left in the game and winning 28 to 24? Yeah, I think as a fan watching the game, it can be really frustrating um, to see a team that especially seems so efficient on offense in the first week against the Packers to see Justin Jefferson get very little yardage for the second week in a row. Um, obviously frustrating. The funny thing with the Lions, I feel like in the Vikings is that because the Lions have been so bad for so long overall in the NFL, I think that in our brains, we like assume that when we play them, we always beat them by a large margin when that is not the case. I, I feel like we always go into Lions games being like, oh, yeah, this will be an easy win because it's the Lions. But they're never easy wins. It feels like every time we're playing the Lions, it's a close game. It's a hard fought game. It's a divisional game, just like every other divisional game in the NFL. And so the Lions tend to play well. They know us better because they play us so frequently. And so um, it was the one thing that I did find really promising, though, is that one of the most concerning things against the Eagles was that we got into a hole that we just could not get out of. It was like we let Jalen Hurts and the Eagles uh, get up a couple touchdowns on us. And then we were playing catch up the whole game and the offense just couldn't get going. And so one thing I really liked seeing against the lions is that it was a similar thing where we were down multiple times by two scores, but our offense went back out there and upped it. And so it was so refreshing to see, okay, like we have the capabilities to do that. Kirk cousins might not be able to do it at 7 PM, but he can do it at 11 AM. And so <laughs> 
uh, it was just good to see that, to see the efficiency. It was also nice to see the spread of the ball um, across different threats um, in the offense, hitting KJ Osborne, obviously, for the game-winning touchdown. I wish Kirk Cousins wouldn't target Osborne as much as he does. Um, I think that we need to tar- I need they need to figure out something with Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson needs to step up because he shouldn't be shut down by two different cornerbacks, two consecutive weeks. Like they, we shouldn't be able to eliminate Justin Jefferson if he has the hopes of being the receiver that we all believe him to be. And so this is a big game, I think to me in my eyes for Justin Jefferson of like, we have to figure out like, this is our, this is going to be one of our biggest playmakers. And we have to make sure that we can utilize him no matter who is on on the defense, the defense event. Yeah. I think it was an important, um, important win because more often than not in the NFL, the talent gap, no matter, obviously, as you mentioned, the Lions aren't the Lions of what they used to be. I think they have a really hard-nosed football team uh, that that plays competitively and, and plays, you know, very much like their coach personality is. And you saw it last year there in every single game. So I don't think that's a problem. You have to learn how to win ugly football games. And what was cool to see is, you know, Kirk Cousins, you can tell – sometimes how the game is going to go for Kirk but really in the first quarter, you know, how accurate the football is, you know, the placement, how quickly he's getting out of his hand. And it, the reason I think Viking fans were getting so worried because it seemed like this is going to be a bad Kirk game um, because the first quarter was a little rough. There were some missed throws um, that, that we just weren't capitalizing on. He started, I believe one for six. It was definitely one for five at one point. But what you saw was, you know, Kevin O'Connell has a very calm demeanor, a very like a very calming presence on the sideline, which I think is big for Kirk, because when he gets back to the sideline, it's not a hey, you got to pick it up. You got to pick it up. Say, let's find out what we're doing, like doing wrong so we can execute this game plan. And you're right. I think the biggest difference in the offense right now is all four of those drives, the four touchdown drives, minus the last one, which I think was two plays or maybe it was three but it was back-to-back plays the last you know the two were 28 yard pitch and catch to kj osborne 28 yard pitch and catch to kj osborne and the reason i think that's important is because the previous three drives were long sustained very methodical you know five eight ten yards at a time which as an offense you have to be able to do if you want to score a lot of points And now the only thing they have to add that they did in the week against the Packers was those big explosive plays by Justin Jefferson, because really the only time they scored touchdowns against the Packers were when they were, you know, a big play by, by Jay Jetta. So I think you're getting like, okay, now we we did that against the Lions. We did that against the Packers. If you're going to get a performance where they start combining those two things. And that's where I think you'll see an offense that is firing and all on all uh, cylinders. So I think this game gave me a lot of hope because the only reason KJ Osborne was so open is because of the double triple coverage of Justin Jefferson. And then the starting attention that Adam Thielen started to get because he reminded him, I'm a pretty good wide receiver too. Yeah. Everyone forgot forgot about Adam Thielen being exactly amazing (laughs) wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, it was, but I, uh, but like, I, like you said, I think it's an important game that they won because it wasn't pretty. Um, and now they look at a situation where they play the Saints in London and then they play at home against the Bears. And it's like, hey, we can get, I mean, the Vikings get off to a pretty fast start. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting schedule wise, too. The Saints landed in London on Monday. The Vikings got there Friday. 
Um, and so it's interesting that I'm interested to see how different coaches go about like determining what's the best route for their teams, especially because the Vikings chose to not accept a bye week right after their London game and have a quick transition back against the Bears. Um, but I think that it's kind of it's opportune timing, I think, kind of to play the Saints right now. Obviously, there's they're riddled with injuries. They've got you look at the Vikings uh, Saints injury report and Saints injury report is about twice as long as the Vikings is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Jameis Winston, he hasn't practiced this week, so he's questionable for Sunday. Uh, Alvin Kamara is he had a light practice, but then. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, all not practicing this week. And so I think that mm. there's a lot of questions around the Saints uh, health and what they're how effective they're going to be able to be on offense. Um, it is interesting, though, even with uh, with Jameis Winston being questionable and the the chance of him not playing hasn't changed the betting lines. So it's the same betting lines, regardless of Jameis Winston is playing or not. That is uh, who is the Saints backup quarterback? Is it still Ian Book, the Notre Dame guy? No, it's uh, Andy Dalton. That's right. They signed him in the offseason. Okay. Well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Andy Dalton, James Winston. Like, if it was Ian Book, I think you'd see it shift because the games he has played, he's looked terrible. But I don't, I think James Winston, Andy Dalton, kind of the same quarterback in my mind. I really don't see any difference. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, that'd be very interesting. I, I like I was actually just looking over. He brought it up. And yeah, I mean, there is a lot of people, you know, they have a, they have a couple of their offensive linemen. I mean, a couple of them say rest as the reason why. But, you know, this is a quite a big difference because the only person that is on that didn't participate is Andrew Booth and Zadarius Smith for the Vikings, which I haven't heard any news about Zadarius. It seemed like it was kind of just a sprain. He was able to finish the game after sitting down for a little bit. So you just hope for a guy and him and Daniel Hunter having paired already so well together and it will continue to gel. Hope that it's nothing, you know, that will hold him out for an extended period of time. Obviously would rather be limited than play him and then have him get hurt for an extended period of time. So yeah. How Obviously, do you think the they biggest... match up against the Saints? Um, well, I think it's interesting too, just going back to one more thing on injuries is Dalvin Cook, obviously with his shoulder uh, that's been an ongoing injury for the past few years. Um, so interested to see if he's able to play. But obviously, we've seen Alexander Madison, especially in the games that Dalvin Cook can't play, step up and make big plays in the run game. And so I think that we'll still have a good run game. But my biggest thing is like with this Saints, the way the Saints have been playing, I just think that if the Vikings can go out and get off to a like a fast start like they did against the Packers, if they get a healthy enough lead against these saints, then I don't, I, I don't think the saints is a team that can crawl themselves back from a win. And so I think the only way we lose to the saints on Sunday is if we play even with them through the first three quarters, and then we're give, leaving it up to play in the fourth quarter where they could pull out a win. So I think the key is getting up in the first half and playing efficient and effective football while also keeping, just keeping the ball in the hands of the Vikings. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. Um, you know, that's the thing is football is such a like a fickle game. How the ball even just bounces is, you know, doesn't make any sense. No rhyme or reason to it. And so if you leave things up to chance, weird, you know, deflected passes can happen in the fourth quarter that can change the trajectory of the game. And that's why, like you said, it's so important to get off to a fast start. And, you know, one of the things that Kevin O'Connell has shown, I mean, particularly in week one, but 
his scripts, you know, haven't been super strong the last two games. And I think I'm my prediction is I think the Vikings on the first drive will go down the field and score a touchdown on their first drive. I think he's going to have a review kind of things that he did well in that week one that he didn't do in week two, because he committed to, you know, get Justin Jefferson scheme them open a little bit more. Um, And I think you'll see Dennis Allen's a pretty aggressive defensive coordinator. So I think you'll see the saints take a lot more chances. And one of the bright spots of the Vikings have been this year has been their offensive line. They've actually rated out the two tackles. uh, Derisaw and O'Neal have rated out really, really highly. Eric Bradbury is actually taking a step forward, which is crazy to see a guy in his uh, fourth season actually do that because I, I had lost all hope personally. I know maybe, maybe he listened to an episode of his and hers and got motivated by the things you, probably, things you said about him. That's true. I did say very mean things. <laughs> uh, and then Cleveland and Ed Ingram have shown, I mean, I mean, Cleveland is a third year guard and then Ed Ingram, the rookie, uh, you know, has some things to clean up in the in the past game, but has really been strong in the running game. So I just look at it where I think Dennis Allen's a risk taker. Um, the Saints defense is as a whole. Kirk Cousins has had some success against that same defense over the last couple of years. I think that I think that I think that they scheme up a pretty good game plan. And and I see I think you see, as I talked about earlier, the perfect combination of long sustained drives and a couple big plays. And I think we get up near 30 points scored in this game. I love it. It'd be pretty sweet. It would be. And I, I just don't think it's unreasonable. I think especially like with the London crowd, with being in a new state and being in a fun stadium with a lot of energy, um, it's just going to be a fun game. Also, let's not bring up the fact that the last time Kirk Cousins played in London. I was about to say that. Was Washington, was when he was with Washington, what was it, 458 yards that he passed for? I think, yeah, I was going to look it up. It was above 450. I know that. So, I mean, I just, I got, I just want Kirk Cousins to ball out. I want it to be that game. It's like 7.30 a.m. And we're all just like, yep, Kirk Cousins is MVP. And everyone says that Kirk Cousins is the guy. And all the Kirk Cousins haters just get so angry. That's what, that's what I want Sunday to be. (laughs) Justin Justin Jefferson's got 214 uh, receiving yards. And Adam Thielen's got 150. It'll be amazing. It would be well. The thing is, is Kirk Cousins at seven p.m. is hit or miss, um, mostly miss, uh, especially Monday night. Sunday night he's actually been pretty good, um, but so then eleven a.m. Kirk is elite Kirk. I mean seven. I mean for us, I got you know make sure my alarm is set. Seven thirty a.m. Kirk Mountain Time is gonna be a Hall of Fame level <laughs> player. I'm, I'm I'm telling you, I'm expecting four forty four tutties maybe a rushing touchdown like people are gonna wake up for the red zone and be like man man who is kirk cousins maybe maybe we should be the franchise that moves out to london and all of our games are at 7 30 i think we'd win a super bowl that would be pretty sweet um Uh, but then we never go to their game so i take that i was i was in a meeting at work the other day and somebody had mentioned that i was a huge vikings fan and they're like you will not find someone you will not find a female who knows more about the Vikings than Paige and her. He's like, and she still That's defends her cousins. 
And uh, they said, she still defends Kirk Cousins. And anyways, one of the guys in the meeting goes, wait, who's your cousin on the Vikings? Who's your cousin? They kept asking you who my cousin was. And it was so funny because I was like, this dude does not know football. And he's trying to act no. like he's a part of the conversation. <laughs> who's Kirk? Oh, who's your Kirk's cousin? Your, Kirk's your cousin. That's, oh, wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I think we'll get elite level play. Um, you know, the defense has been given some flack because it's always so funny, especially early season um, memories of a team, right? Especially national media stuff. All they remember is the 24 points the Eagles put on the first half of Monday Night Football. They don't remember the fact that they didn't score in the second half and that we had a blocked field goal and an interception. Yes. The Eagles didn't look good in the second half. It was just that the Vikings looked so bad that it made the Eagles look good. Yeah. And then like the, you know, the lions were ultra aggressive, but you know, the Vikings won't play many teams that are as aggressive as the lions were going for and fourth down. There's not a ton of them. Right. So on third down, which is, you know, most of the time, the most important down in football, the lions held um, the Vikings held the lions to 19% on third down three for 16 and on fourth down they were four for six so obviously that but there was a lot of big stops right i remember in that lions game they the vikings scored um then the defense stopped them and then there was about four minutes left about four or five and then the vikings go four and out or maybe they got one first down but they got stopped in fourth and eight and it kind of felt like oh that's that's the game that sucks and the Lions got a first down. We burned our timeouts. And then they get across the 50, and it was and then it was third and like 13. That, and they run the ball and they get it to about fourth and five. And that's where Dan Campbell said he had regret about not going for it again. But I mean, those were big stops of the defense gave the offense two times, two chances after um giving them a late touchdown. So I think I think 24 points, 24 points and seven. I mean, that's, I mean, you can win a lot of football games if that's how your defense is playing. So I, I'm just tired of all the talk by the national. I don't know if I can trust that defense. I'm like, what have they shown you that makes you think you can't trust them? One bad half on national TV. And that that's what infuriates me. And it's impossible to watch all 32 teams. I know when we do our previews, people probably want to pull their hair out. Sometimes what we say about their favorite team, because we're kind of going on a, general theme of what i see on red zone that's why i try to watch more condensed games to kind of get a feel for what the weaknesses are so that's why i say like oh indianapolis matt ryan is old and he can't move there's no way they're winning more than five games i can say that confidently they're having him pass too much his arm's gonna fall off (laughs) exactly like joe flacco the dude's throwing 190 times like he's gonna die good thing (laughs) zach wilson's coming back but anyway so i'm excited because i think that you know they'll win this week they they got to battle the time zone changes to beat the bears. But I think four and one going into Miami and that's a game that if you win with how Miami started, then we're back on like, Hey, this team's got a lot of belief behind them. Well, and especially like, it's just like, it's just weird things happen in football and injuries are so effective to the game that it's like two weeks ago, everyone would be like, Oh, there's no way the Vikings beat the pack, the dolphins after the loss to the Eagles. But then now it's like, are the dolphins going to be the same team? How is Tua? how long is Tua going to be out? is he how seriously is he injured and so it's like we could be playing a completely different Miami Dolphins team than we were than we were anticipating playing and so it's just football is so week by week that you just never know what type of team you're going to actually be playing against 
100%. Yeah. That, I mean, it's always so funny, the September champs, October champs, and what actually happens around January, February is always so much different. I mean, I think at one point the Bengals were five and four last year. Um, and obviously they're more of an outlier because it's hard to win three straight uh, road games, or I guess they had the first game at home, but going on the road winning twice. So you want to get off to a good start, but there's so much that happens in a season that you just, you can never account for. You just want to get off to a fast start. Cause we've seen the last couple of years as Viking fans, a slow start can like, and it's what the Raiders are going to battle for the rest of the year. They're Owen three. They have to go on a, a really decent winning streak to get i mean they win their next three which winning three in a row in the nfl is tough you do that and you're at 500 and you've played perfect football for almost a month like it's just like mentally like so hard to get above it and that's why a fast start is important but it's not everything because like you said so many different things happen through the course of the season so um it'll be very interesting i i, I like i said i think the vikings win Obviously, I'm biased, but I don't think I've seen anything from the Saints to make it seem like many people are going to disagree with me on that. But I do think it'll actually be pretty convincing, pretty convincing. And elite Kirk, Kirk Cousins in London, probably the land of his forefathers. I don't know where Cousins come from, but I imagine he's a descendant of that. Just across the pond. Just, yeah, I'm sure he's, I'm sure that name's British. It sounds British. Cousins. <laughs> he behaves like a british guy i don't even know how to take that i don't even know what that means maybe like british royalty like he's just very proper quiet does his thing it's, he's a he's a eventually yeah, he's a there'll be a scandal that we'll hear about that'd be sad <laughs> that'd be very sad i will say this um oh i just lost my train of thought oh i was gonna say the only um the two Things I have to bear uh, to kind of base my uh, idea of how British people behave are two things Love Island and the Harry Potter series. But I mean, that's really that's all I have on London people, on English people, I should say. Rest well, in peace, Queen Elizabeth. So. You're missing a lot of stuff. They brought us British British TV is some of the best TV. So get on that that's BCC. What, that's what, that's what love, you, know, you know what Love Island is, right? Yeah, but like there's so much better British TV than Love Island. <laughs> yeah but that's that's trashy and that's those those are funny stereotypes to base it around so i'm a role <laughs> i'm more of like a, i'm more of like a downton abbey type of fan ah there we go more proper there we go <laughs> perfect all righty well do you have any closing thoughts on the uh vikings trip for some tea crumpets in the land of our forefathers nope i just can't wait to see uh some kirky balling out on sunday morning bright and early I don't blame for many of you who aren't, I guess everyone listening to this is Viking fans. So I will take that back. I was going to say, I don't blame me if you wake up because I did when the London games are happening about 10 AM, turn it on before the preemptive red zone comes on. And hopefully at that time, you'll see 20, 28 for 35, four touchdowns, uh, no interceptions from the old Kirk man. And hopefully they trot out um, our backup. Uh, what is his name? They, they signed, they traded it from the Raiders. Oh, I just spaced his name. The old San Francisco 49er legend. I hope that you end up seeing Nick Mullins run out onto the field because we're blowing out the Saints. That's the hope every week. So that is the goal. All right. Skull Vikings. 
This has been another episode of the His and Hers Podcast, Skull Edition. Remember, you can find us wherever you find all of your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you have any Viking friends that you want to share it, make sure you send them this episode to know that we are the most correct and most important opinions on all Viking subject. And let us know what you think about your reaction to the Lions game, if there is any cause for concern, and what you expect to see for this New Orleans Saints. Until next time, Skull. <laughs> <laughs>